Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. This episode of Politics Without the Boring Bits is sponsored by BT, because BT means business. BT knows that businesses come in many shapes, sizes, and guises, from the person just starting out at their kitchen table to the biggest employer, which is why no matter what line of work you're in, they've got your back to help you succeed and do what you do best. No doubt connectivity is a must in Westminster, and it certainly helped us to get this episode created and distributed to you listening right now. BT already connects more than 1 million businesses and public sector organisations, offering secure and reliable connectivity. Nearly three quarters of people running a business or side hustle feel they couldn't do so without reliable broadband and mobile connectivity. That's why having connectivity you can count on is a must for business, whether it be facilitating multiple devices being connected at once or making team calls or guest Wi-Fi access for customers. BT's connectivity helps keep you and your customers happy. Whatever your business, BT's got your back. Search BT's got your back. Hello and welcome to the Red Box podcast from The Times. I'm Matt Chorley. This week we have a special EU debate, but don't switch off. I promise it will be gripping. I'm joined in the blue corner for Remain by Amber Rudd, the Conservative MP and Energy Secretary. And in the red corner for Vote Leave is Suzanne Evans, Parliamentary Spokesman for UKIP, though not actually currently a member of UKIP, after something of a spat with Nigel Farage. Helping me to keep order in all of this is Sam Coates, Deputy Political Editor of The Times. Welcome to you all. So let's kick off, first of all. I want to know, when you're out knocking on doors, talking to normal people outside the Westminster bubble, what is your doorstep pitch, Amber? So mine is, if I'm knocking on the door and they say, well, could you just tell me the facts? I talk to people about jobs and prices. And I will say to them, the fact is that with the UK in the EU, our economy is stronger. We were able to create more jobs for your family, for your children, and your prices can stay down because of the single market. It's based on the economy, but it's about what it means to individual families. And that's jobs, which we get from investment and opportunities for everybody. Suzanne? Well, we've got five key facts at Vote Leave that we're very keen to get out. The first one being that it's time we took that money we gave back to Brussels every week, every month, every year, and spent it on our priorities, like the NHS, like schooling, like home care, whatever it might be. We, of course, want to take back control of our borders as well. We don't have full control over our borders while we're in the EU. And this means that it's it's very risky for us in terms of security. It's also risky to stay in because Brussels will continue to take more and more money and more and more power from us if we stay in. And uh, we also talk about sovereignty a lot, about democracy, about how important it is to be able to have the power of the ballot box so we can put into power the people who make the laws and boot them out if we leave. Again, we can't do that now with, with Brussels having control of that. And of course, Brussels having control over our trade. We're the world's fifth largest global economy. We should be able to make our own trade deals and not leave it to Brussels. You see, I think that will go down very well with UKIP members who already can about sovereignty, about Brussels, but for average families, 
families just, you know, getting by on low wages or whatever, what they're interested in is how it's going to impact on their families. Are their wages going to go up and down, up or down? Are they going to have more opportunities for their young children? Is there going to be more investment in the UK? Those are the sort of things I think people are more interested in. Well, of course, we talk about those as well. And in fact, it was Stuart Rose of the Stronger In campaign that said that wages would go up if we left the European Union. He seemed to think that was a bad idea. (laughs) I don't think it's a bad idea at all. And I do also talk particularly about women because we know that we've got to particularly persuade women women voters in this because women are naturally more Eurosceptic. But they're also, funnily enough, the ones that don't seem to have made their mind up yet. And, And I say, look... No, women, re- hang on, women really naturally more eurosceptical. All the polls seem to suggest that women are more pro-Remain. I think the ones that have actually made their mind oh, okay. up. Yes, I think, but I think naturally we are more eurosceptical. Exactly, precisely for the reasons that Amber oh, said. We know think, that twenty percent more expensive well, well, food, women more, pressure on more school places. I, I, I don't think there's evidence of that. But what there is evidence of is over the past three general elections, the number of women voting as a proportion has fallen. Used to be women voted more. Now they're voting less, and I think that's a problem. Which is why it's fantastic that you've got perhaps two women out here as advocates because I think women need to see other women participating to see that's relevant to them. Well, we've just seen there's been some research that's come out this week showing that only 16% of all the TV appearances in relation to the EU have been made by women. Is, it, is that because it's Brexit and the whole debate about Europe is just very blokey? Is it just something that blokes are more it is very interested well, I think in? I think and I have been doing rather a lot, actually, so it probably feels <laughs> we're like we're doing quite a lot. Um, but, it, but it is blokey, yeah. But it's all and, a bit of certainly... we can stand on our own two feet rather than... But it's also who you've got. I have to say, I think on the Leave side, we're doing much, much better in terms of female representation. You know, we've got great people like Andrea Ledson, we've got Pretty Patel, we've got uh, Giza Stewart from the Labour Party, uh, we've got uh, umpteen women uh, doing really well and out there. The Remain camps seem a little bit less. But then again, look at the European Union itself. It's terrible when it comes to female representations. All those presidents, every single one, from the Court of Auditors to the uh, European Central Bank to the Court of Justice, Commission, Parliament, they are all blokes aren't they and you you look at how they pay in the eu institutions as well women get a terribly raw deal i don't want to take any advice on women's rights from this lot there there is a feeling though isn't there don't you think i think you admitted it early on that the 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 push for the referendum on this the people who really want us to leave they're a blokey lot they're the people who are the former maastricht rebels perhaps the leader of ukip who really want us to leave and there is a blokey feeling about that now doesn't mean we're not fielding a lot of women we are but the, the leaders behind the people who wanted this to happen are blokey people and they are not the sort of people who would champion women's rights, gay rights, disabled well, I, rights. I, I, okay. I totally disagree. Can I just say, no, 44 years we've been having this argument. 44 years ago, there weren't that many women in politics, full stop. Sam, do you want to come in there? Uh, so on behalf of voters, I, I, I kind of want to press the stop button there um, because <laughs> it's incredibly easy, as we have actually slipped into doing in this debate, to talk about things that go around the side of this issue, but not to talk about the core. And so what the, the first question I wanted to ask both of you is, don't you acknowledge that really there aren't any things that we could call facts in this debate? And it would be a hell of a lot better if we could all acknowledge that. Both sides, the Remain side and the Brexit side, have to make up alternative realities of what Britain, outside of the European Union, looks like. And the Remain campaign make it look incredibly scary and the Leave campaign look at, make it look like a nirvana where um, uh, money comes from the, uh, you know, flays and uh, and free trade deals are, are struck with everybody. Can't we just first of all acknowledge that when we're talking about facts in this debate, they're not really facts, which is why the public end up being so confused. Amber? I just don't agree with that. I mean, I think that whenever you come to campaigns at elections, and this is where, in a way is similar, although of course it's more important in many ways, different parties will set out their facts. We 
don't all say, well, you know, the Labour Party thinks this and, you know, this is a subjective view. We all say these are the facts of the economy, of the expenditure. Isn't it precisely that difference with the general election that that we ought to acknowledge openly here? At a general election, people set out different plans and people vote on them. In a referendum, you're dealing with two alternative realities and we don't know what those alternative realities are really going to look like. For instance... Yesterday, your man, George Osborne, came out and said that we were going to recession um, if we left, uh, if Britain left the European Union. That isn't a fact. It's a guess. Other independent economic forecasters didn't, don't come up with that prediction, don't say the same kind of thing. We can have an argument about it, but it's not a fact. Um, Suzanne, likewise, um, I haven't yet heard anybody on the vote leave side confidently sketch out what Brexit would look like, what kind of trade relationship we would have with the rest of the world. And can't you just say, we're going to try and get the best we can, but we're not going to pretend that we've got a plan waiting to go for June the 24th? No, of course we haven't. And because that's not Vote Leave's job. Vote Leave's job is to campaign for a vote to leave the European Union. What happens well, next? Let's got, be you honest. Can't, you can't, no, you can't campaign for something and then not tell us what no, it's going to look well, like. Well, <laughs> Then we'd go into the doing exactly the same sort of things that George Osborne is doing, scaremongering, and we don't want to do that. Or, or, as, or as you said, painting an unrealistically rosy Nirvana picture. Ultimately, once we leave, that depends on a huge amount of other factors. It depends, most of all, on the government having the will to actually get us out and make sure it negotiates a damn good trade deal. Uh, well, we don't actually need a trade deal, but we presumably want one. Uh, negotiates deals with the European Union. So that's why it is up there. And, and we've actually... We've taken this on board and we produced this leaflet. I brought it with me. It's called The UK and the European Union, The Facts. And it does have the facts. We joined in 1973. Fact. There were nine member states. A fact. <laughs> More than half net migration to the UK comes from the EU. Okay, a okay. fact. Before and we, it ends actually saying this. Leaflet. I won't read out the whole leaflet. <laughs> but I will just say at the end it says there are risks in voting either way. We really are upfront and clear about that and people have to weigh up the risks and the potential benefits of it for themselves because you cannot ever say what is going to happen because the government might change we ultimately never know our point is about taking back control and at least having that that say so within our own power but the point is about this this whole issue of facts is that there are a lot of independent experts. We, I mean, I, I'll reel them off to you. And the fact is, yesterday, the announcements made by Treasury were about the consequences that people think, the vast majority of people think, are going to take place if we leave. It's primarily around the fall of currency, which will create an increase in prices. And if we have an but, increase in prices, but, but we are li- the recession that will follow is expected by most people. Even some of the no, vote no, no, leavers no, say no, no, it it's a price worth paying. No, it isn't. The Treasury says there will be a recession to... Uh, quarters of consecutive growth. Can you name another independent forecaster that says there will be a recession? Because the others mm. say there'll be a fall in growth, but not a recession. Okay, so the ones who say it'll be a fall in growth, you'll accept them as facts, but not the actual <laughs> recession. I mean, just, the, I, the, the principle is everybody says there will be a fall in growth. You're right, the Treasury one is slightly more slightly more than some of the others, but it's still a middle ground as an assessment. We took the middle ground from the, the, the two contrary assessments we have there. But then we have a consensus, because you say you would acknowledge there'll be a fall in growth. You say there are risks to leaving. Well, you acknowledge there'll be a fall in growth. Interestingly, actually, the Treasury's own reports, these awful scaremongering reports, all of them say that the economy will still 
will grow, but it might just potentially grow a little bit more slowly. And is that, is that OK? Is it, is it from your, because the Vote Leave's response to the Treasury report was very shouty-shouty, all liar, liar, pants on fire at the top. But actually, Dale down with the notes to editors, it was pl- making exactly that point. It was a small adjustment, which almost no one would notice, and maybe that is a price worth paying. Well, I, I think, you know, we're looking at, look at, look at what's actually been said. Four quarters of negative economic growth, 0.1%. I won't go through all the details, but what it actually means is what the Treasury is actually saying yesterday is our economy will be the same size as it was on the last day of last so that's year. Okay. You, so it's so not a major downturn, is it? And I think... So for, no, so but for you, because this is the thing that Vote Leave won't say, or, or Brexiteers won't say, is that there will be a hit, but because of all of the, the bonanza of trade that will happen after we leave, that a couple of a couple of wobbly years is OK. Absolutely. And it will be a bonanza because we will make our own trade deals with, with the rest of the nations in the world. And I think there's an ethical element element to that as well about being able to in, encourage trade in developing nations which is one of the reasons that I passionately want want to leave um, ultimately we will be better off I think and what of course people on the Remain side never talk about is the risk to the economy if we stay in. Look at what's happening in the Eurozone. Greece is going to miss its July debt payment. Its debts are running at 200% of GDP. Italy is rapidly catching up. Uh, if the Eurozone goes pop again it'll be more bailouts, a higher membership fee more inward immigration from uh, people who right. are unemployed well, let's, in let's, the eurozone so, so, causing more pressure for us Anne has admitted that the treasury report is a little bit more pessimistic you've admitted that there is a price worth paying let's move on to the next topic let's talk about immigration because i think you've both got uh interesting questions on immigration and but we can't control the number of people that come to this country while we're members of the eu can we well we can control who we let into the country while we're a member of the eu but if people want to come here to work then from the EU, they're entitled to do so. That is part of the quid pro quo for being in the EU and having access to the single market. So So the Prime Minister's tens of thousands migration target is a nonsense. No, that's not true. We've taken steps to make sure that we reduce the amount. How are you going to get it? You can't. We've still got a long way to go, that's true. (laughs) But But we've still got to go because we've done the renegotiation so that people can only come But that doesn't control numbers. Well, we think it will. No, no, incentives are numbers. Incentives do do lead to numbers. Do you think that the ONS and the OBR that say that you're going to continue to get around about 125,000 people net a year into this country, another 3 million people by 2030. Are they lying? Of course nobody's lying. You have a go at me in fact, so don't use lying in this term, please. <laughs> are they wrong? No, but what we have said... Why, why, we why have are they said, wrong? Okay, let me answer the question. What we've said is that to be part of the EU, we have to start from the position of allowing free movement of labour within the EU. That's the price of being in the single market, which stimulates and is such a help to our economy. Given that, we do want to reduce our immigration. Half of our immigration comes from within the EU. And the Prime Minister has renegotiated in order to make sure that people can only have full access to benefits after four four years. We think that that will have an impact on reducing the amount of migration into the UK. But why does the the OBR not think that? You'll have to ask the OBR. But from our point of view, are we sticking to reaching for the targets that we had? Yes, we are still working towards them. We've made these changes to do that. But the truth is that if people want to come here to work, they are welcome. We want to make sure that people can come here to work. What we don't want is people coming here and being on welfare. How many fewer people than the 125,000 that the OBR predict will come in net a year? do you think will come in after the Prime Minister's changes take effect? Well, people have looked at that and nobody knows what the influence will be yet. Overall, though, as an incentive, it will be uh, it will have an impact. We don't know how much yet. Suzanne, the Leave campaign does a, has really hammered the issue of immigration. We can take about control of our borders. But what nobody, as far as I could say, on the Leave side seems to say is that actually we need immigration. And if it's this well, idea that we leave and close the borders and that's nobody's rubbish. going to come here nobody's and take... Nobody's ever said that. But, that's no. it. but your 
the 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 impression given by things like the vote leave advert of the very sad uh, family sitting in a uh, hospital waiting room because all these foreigners are coming over and clogging up public services that you're appealing to a, a, a voter base that thinks we should shut our borders and that we can't do that because it would massively hit the economy wouldn't it I you have, do need we do need immigration i have never heard anyone from the leave campaign or e- indeed anyone senior in ukip saying we should close the borders our line has always very much been that we will not pull up the drawbridge to britain it's just about controlling who walks so do you over think do you think drawbridge? immigration at the moment is about right is it sorry i beg your pardon the, the current level of immigration is it is that too high? It's too high. Yes, absolutely. I had to laugh when Amber says it's tens of thousands is realistic. I suppose 330,000 net migration a year is made up of tens of thousands, uh, to, to be fair, but I think it's not so a what's, way of what's a good it. So what's a good number? Well, a good number is a number that the Britain needs. And again, that's, I don't think, a number that you can, you can't really put a number on that. The point is, we have always made it well, perfectly somebody's got clear. To if we take back control of our borders, then you can have a number. Uh, well, I'm not a migration expert. I don't know what a sustainable level of immigration might be. What but I why do is it know, unsustainable at the moment. Oh, because it's it's quite it's quite clear it's unsustainable. I mean, that kind of population growth, you know, a city the size of Nottingham every year is just. I mean, it's it's so, common but, sense. It's unsustainable. But, but you can't, tell me, that you can't tell me that it's unsustainable at the moment, but 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 you can't tell me at what point it becomes unsustainable. Like, Half of what it is at the moment, a quarter well, of what it is at the I moment. Just give look, us a, a okay, rough well, let's, idea. Let's look back then to pre-1997 when Tony Blair opened the borders. I think then net migration was running at its highest at around about £50,000 £50, a year. What am I talking about? 50,000 50, migrants every year. Uh, and that seemed to be something that we could accommodate because people coming here integrated into society. Uh, most did come to work. And I have to take issue with Amber saying that most people want to come to work. That's, that's kind of true and it kind of isn't. The fact is you can come to Britain, set yourself up as self-employed, instantly uh, claim tax credits if you have a family, and away you go. You don't actually have to stimulate the economy very much, contribute to it. It's very easy to come if you're an EU migrant. Of course, Amber's also wrong when she says we can control who comes in from the EU. We can't, unless they pose an immediate security risk. We have to let anyone in. Let's move on a bit. Let's talk about this campaign because we're now we've got less than a month until the big vote on June the 23rd. Suzanne, how do you think the Vote Leave campaign is going? I think it's going very well. I think at the moment we are being, uh, you know, we're facing some very big guns from all these Treasury reports. I think the way the government is behaving is utterly reprehensible. Because David it, Cameron, it wants to win the referendum? No, because of the way it's trying to rig the referendum. David Cameron stood up in Parliament and in response to a question, he said he would not be using public money on uh, leaflets, on billboards, on any kind of e- pro-EU propaganda and he has completely done all of those things. We've had this £9.2 million leaflet. Uh, he's got this cabal of people working within Whitehall at the taxpayers. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. 
And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. This episode of Politics Without the Boring Bits is brought to you by Luton Rising, owners of London Luton Airport, the UK's most socially impactful airport. Find out more at lutonrising.org.uk. Spence to push out all this pro-EU the, propaganda. The government, I think it's fundamentally wrong. The counter-argument wrong. that is the government has got a position on this. The Prime Minister promised a referendum. He said the government would have a position. The government has got a position and it wants to win the referendum. I have to say, I think it's quite bizarre. You know, He's making all these scaremongering points. Uh, many people have said to me, it's ridiculous, Cameron's saying all this stuff. Why did he call the referendum if it's going to be so dangerous for the, for the country? The government has a position. The government could state that position and then leave it to be a fair fight. It's not okay. a fair fight uh, at the okay. moment. My turn. Yeah, yes. I, mean, I mean, the thing is, is you've asked um, Suzanne how the Vote Leave campaign is going, and she's answered entirely on process. What we are not getting from Vote Leave is any sort of coherent plan. What you're hearing from us on Vote Remain is if you want a stronger economy, more secure jobs, better investment, being part of the market, there is a good reason to vote to stay. I don't want to talk about the process. I think it's so important to talk about the reasons why people should stay, why their families are better off, which we don't really hear from Vote Leave because you have no idea oh, sorry, what the that's, alternative that's, looks like. That's utter. Well, is it Albania, Canada? It's or- none of those things, Amber. As you know, this is another red herring that the Remain camp puts up. We are Britain. We are the world's fifth largest economy. We're permanent seat holders on the UN Security Council. We take back our seat at the World Trade Organization. We still have it. We are very... But we're not allowed to sit in it. No, we, That's we what I said. Take back. We're not allowed can, to can sit we take, in it. Can we take out control of this discussion? And <laughs> um, Two quick questions um, uh, for you, Suzanne. First of all, it. I'm flabbergasted. You're not rolling out your big gun a lot more. Why is Nigel Farage not doing more on the telly, more oh, debates? And Nigel, wouldn't Nigel you, Farage wouldn't you is welcome doing lots on the quite telly. I'm lot, watching every day. <laughs> and he's doing the big debate, ITV debate with Robert Peston and David Cameron. Well, it's but not a seems, debate, is it? Because David Cameron, well, I, I don't think he need be because I think he's doing quite a lot. And he an obviously has night. a very good... He put out an email last night urging everybody to campaign against the BBC, campaign against Vote Leave for him not getting enough... Um, profile in uh, in the in the final days of the campaign. Um, do you agree with him? Well, I don't want to break any confidences, but that email definitely didn't come out from Nigel Farage. That came out from Leave.eu, as far as I can tell, acting completely independently of Nigel Farage. Why 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 does Vote Leave not want uh, Nigel Farage? playing a part in the TV debate. This, this again is, 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 is another myth that Nigel Farage is not playing any part. No, 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 no. Vote but leave Vote Leave, you're wearing, your, you're wearing your Vote Leave badge. I am, very proudly. Vote Leave went, I think it's fair to say, absolutely ballistic when it found out that Nigel was taking part in a TV debate. Why is that? I think, actually, you have a official campaign and it is up to that official campaign to put up whomsoever it thinks is the best represent- representative so what's for the that problem campaign. With Nigel? The problem with Nigel is, as we all know, and as he has said himself, he is a Marmite character. Everybody that likes Nigel Farage is going to vote to leave. End of story. Job done. We have to persuade that 20-30% of people who are undecided. And uh, like it or not, uh, Vote Leave's research suggests that he is not necessarily the best person to sway over the undecided vote. Fantastic for shoring up uh, the vote that we've already got and for making sure they're motivated to get out on the day but we need uh, a different a different different set of people to actually convince the undecided voters. Amber, why is the Prime Minister not willing to do a head-to-head proper TV debate? I, I just want to say that I think that uh, I'm very pleased that Nigel is doing the debate and not Suzanne, for instance, if I may say. No, that's very kind of you. <laughs> um, why is the Prime Minister not doing... Uh, the Prime Minister well, said... Because you think Suzanne would be more persuasive. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 absolutely. It was a compliment. It was a compliment. There we are. 
I do. And also, I fundamentally don't think it should be as blokey as it is. You know, on, on either side, I do think we need more women at the front. Um, why is he not? He's set out what he's doing. You know, he's the prime minister. He's the leader. But of he our called campaign. this he's thing. It's his idea. Yeah, he yeah, thinks we should fine. stay. Why won't he? Just Are you suggesting to me that he hasn't been talking enough? But about why should he debate it? Why should he? You, you, why couldn't he's he have a conversation? He should come on the, the whole time. He should come on the Red Box podcast and have this conversation. <laughs> I think I think we are revealing people's different interests here. But the fact <laughs> is that he has been doing a lot of debating on this. It feels he's been like doing a lot of talking. He's been doing a lot of talking yeah, maybe and maybe broadcasting. In Parliament, you get a lot of debating. Every time he comes back from the EU Council, he has to make a statement. There are plenty of opportunities then. But we know. I don't. I don't. I don't want to disappoint to you. Him. But most normal people don't watch what's happening in Parliament. That's well, a ridiculous thought. Also, there are also over the next three to four weeks, I was looking at it, uh, there's a schedule of debates coming forward with different leaders and different parts of different parties being able to come forward and participate. And I think it's quite good to get a mix. So I think there'll be plenty of opportunity to challenge people. Do you think you're on course to win? I certainly hope so. I still think it's going to be very, very close. But, but you, I think do, you think you're ahead of the I moment? I think that we're winning the argument, which I hope will be revealed on the day. And you think you're ahead in the polls? I don't know at the moment. The polls, who, I mean, the polls seem to flash around all over the place. And we've learnt from last year that the polls can mean nothing. As somebody who won their seat when it was two to one against, um, I know that uh, we shouldn't take any comfort from the polls, but continue to try and win the argument. And do you absolutely trust Labour to get out its vote? This referendum depends on a rival party that you've spent the better part of your entire political career trying to destroy actually <laughs> turning out their vote. How much do you trust them right well, now? Well, it's true. And in 1975, Margaret Thatcher got the Conservative vote out as well. So how much do we trust them? Um, I think they're, they're very committed to trying to make sure they get their vote out. I certainly hope they do. Have you been watching Jeremy Corbyn? He doesn't quite look very committed to me. Uh, well, I hope he nevertheless manages to persuade Labour voters. I have to say, I don't know how Jeremy Corbyn can stand there and see all that's going on and hear what the government's saying and not actually say, look, I really don't want us to stay in the European Union because we all know that's really where he stands. He's made so many uh, anti-EU statements in the past. He's had this suddenly this remarkable Damascene conversion that nobody convinces nobody. And I have to say, people on your side well, too, Well, maybe, maybe it does like convince people. Maybe the reluctant, maybe the reluctant really inner, maybe the reluctant okay. inner is more persuasive than the slightly evangelical arguments for staying in that we sometimes get from the government. Actually, a, a somebody so who... For- a style discussion or a Jeremy Corbyn-style approach to the argument might actually carry more weight? But the point is for it to hopefully be uh, out of party politics. You know, this is, shouldn't be about what does my MP think or what does UKIP think. Well, we all know what UKIP mm-hmm. thinks. That's not but what does which party think? But, you know, what are the arguments that work for me and my family? That's what we want people to think about. Just while we are touching on party politics, how concerned are you about the Tory party and how it's playing out for the Tory party. I don't know what you're talking about. No, <laughs> I, I think it will be fine. I mean, you know, there's lots of talk about uh, fisticuffs in different areas. doesn't feel like it as somebody who's living it. And, so and I, reports, I, I think reports on the papers today that, that, that there were ministers even plotting to call for the Prime Minister to go straight after June the 23rd? Well, I just, I have no idea where that's come from, and far be it from me to suggest that somebody had just maliciously made it up, but it doesn't feel like that at Cabinet or Ministerial meetings. And what, and, and what would you say to the plotters? I would say to the plotters, get behind the Prime Minister. Get behind the Prime Minister. He's called the referendum. He's allowing us to have this referendum. He was only elected as Prime Minister a year ago. We have a manifesto to deliver. Let's get behind him. Would you um, appoint a big figure to help bring the party together after the referendum? There's all this talk of maybe Michael Gove being 
push to the position of Deputy Prime Minister to um, to reunite both sides of the party. Does that seem like a runner to you? Wow, I'm not going to speculate on that. I just want to get beyond June the 23rd and then leave it to the Prime Minister to put the team together. And there's a lot of talk of a re- revenge reshuffle where some people who have been particularly pointed in this debate being cleared out of the Cabinet. Would you agree with that? Or would you urge people to... Well, I, I think that the Prime Minister will use his good judgment to pull the party together. You know, the fact is people are on different sides of this debate, but it is only a year since we won the general election. We do have a lot to do, and I want us to get on and start doing that united after June the 23rd. What did you make of um, Penny Mordaunt's remarks at the weekend about Britain not having a veto against Turkey? The Prime Minister was very strong at saying she got it completely right. It seems, it seems a little odd that she's still a minister in the government. Yeah, completely at odds with the Prime Minister on quite a big issue. Yeah, I mean, this is an unusual situation we're all in, where the Prime Minister has said that ministers can campaign on a different side to him. It's bound to have certain strains. She was wrong on that. And on we go. I mean, it she doesn't was wrong, but she was right too, wasn't she? The Prime Minister has made it repeatedly <laughs> clear that he's not going to, he wants to see Turkey in the European yeah, but so Union. Is Bo- he's going so to is Boris Johnson it. and Ian Duncan Smith and Liam Fox. They were, everybody's got cuttings. It is a bit misleading, yeah. but, but, this one. But the point is, you know, it's all, it's all where we're saying we have a veto, but if, if the government of the day is not going to use it, no, but my, my it's point not was a veto, more that we, do, we are in an extraordinary situation where the we Prime are. Minister goes on the telly and has to slap down a minister in his own government, but apparently carries on in their job. Well, it is an extraordinary situation, but it was a judgment he made to allow the minister to do that so that we could all come together in blissful harmony on June the 24th. So so assuming that you get your way, Remain wins, the Prime Minister pulls everyone together, everyone's a happy family, how long does he stay in number 10 for after that? Well, it's entirely up to him, isn't it? I mean, who knows? But also, you say assume. Can I just step back from that? There is no assumption at all that we're going to win. We're not complacent at all. We've got to fight every day to make sure that we do. Um, I just wanted to just pick through some... Slightly lighter questions, just to try and uh, uh, get your take on the campaign. Suzanne, we'll start with you. Who's your f- closest friend who's on the other side of the campaign? Oh, my goodness. Uh, do you know, I think one of the nice things about this, actually, Amber mentioned working on a cross-party basis. I love working on a cross-party basis. I love doing that well, when I was you, a It's because you're not currently in your party, is No, it's not <laughs> I'm still working with people in my own party, too. I, and it is my own party, and I will get back in. No, I, it's, it's, I've always enjoyed it, and that's one of, the, one of the things I'm really enjoying about the campaign. Do I have a favourite person? I do think I do. No, no, who do no, who was on the other side? Oh, on the other Who's side. Who's the remainer that you like most? The remainer. The present I like company most. accepted, obviously. Oh, I was going uh, to say it would have to be. I'd have to say Amber, wouldn't I? Under current circumstances, I, 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 I think they're all slightly misguided. So I'm keeping my distance. Amber. For, on the yeah. Who's your Who's your favourite Brexiteer? Uh, Andrew Leadsom. Ah, no. Of course, you have this intri- this interesting issue in the energy department, where you're for in and she's for out. Yes. But the energy industry. Uh, is largely for in. I, I, I mean, I'm sitting here thinking what she would say for me to give a fair answer, but it is largely for in. It relies on uh, investment from abroad, and it's 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 definitely for in. The way I go around and talk to energy companies, that's their view. That's what they share with so me. Have you it, had a single crossword with her since this whole thing began? Absolutely not. I mean, we have always been close friends. We have had very frank discussions over the past few weeks, but not cross at all. Frank is not a code word for anything but <laughs> harmonious. <laughs> And is she is she speaking to energy companies as well, or you try to keep her away from them? No, no, we're not doing that. We're carrying on our business as normal. She knows what the government position is. She repeats the government position through gritted teeth sometimes, but she does it, and she's very professional, and I hope that I am too. So if we're an example of a government being able to work together and do different sides, 
it's going just fine. Who, she made gonna, who, which one of you two is going to reach the treasury first? Who will be? Who out of you? That is a very he, mischievous question, <laughs> and I have no I, comment. Andrew Leadsom made a great speech actually for Vote Leave, talking about the risk to our energy security about staying in the European Union, and of course the rising cost of energy because of EU levies and tariffs that it puts onto our bills. Excellent, and and again one of the things that really does bring it home to the ordinary person in the street about how staying in is going to be far more dangerous for them. Should we do a quick fire? Go on then. What's the biggest lie you think the other side has told? The NHS being safer by leaving. That is the biggest lie. What do you think it it's is? It's got to be that Susan? we will not be able to trade with the EU if we leave. That is such a whopper. Who is your hi- biggest hero of the campaign so far? Um, the Prime Minister, I think, probably. Oh. 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 <laughs> there is a reshuffle coming. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's a hard one. We've got such great people on our side. I actually, I think <laughs> yes, I, I do actually agree with Amber. I think I think one. Andrea Leadsom is fantastic. She's great on energy. She's great on the economy. She's that powerful woman's voice that we need. It's just, just before you, uh, is Boris having a good pe- campaign, or was he just? Yes, he's on the bus. I'm hoping. Well, he's to be just charging around the country talking about bananas. Is that winning he's, many he votes? He mentioned bananas once. Bananas no, he didn't. Is... He's had a good go. He's had a couple he had of goes at bananas. bananas. Yeah. Okay. Is that yeah, well, winning, think, is that he, winning votes to leave the EU? I think he got something wrong on bananas, and then so he put himself right. Is he having a good campaign? Again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> bananas is a very hot topic. You know, but I oh, will say, get an answer I'm hoping to join him on the bus soon. <laughs> no bananas and no knickers, please. Oh, on the bus? Oh, good lord, that's a... That was another bad knickers, where do I sign up? Right. Uh, uh, I, I have a feeling I know what the answer is going to be, but I'm going to give it a go anyway. Ever since the Prime Minister got his deal in uh, Brussels back in February, every week on the podcast, we've asked all of our panellists to predict the outcome, putting percentage on what rem- you think Remain will get in the share of the vote that Remain will get in the referendum. At the moment, the average is about 54%. So re- readers of Redbox, panellists and people on social media have been submitting them. So we'd like to add you to our growing list of... 250 odd people. Suzanne, what percentage of the vote do you think Remain is going to get? 48% and we'll get 52. 48, very good. <laughs> I think it will be close. Fine, because I'm a contrary uh, optimist, I'll put it exactly the other way to Suzanne and then we can come and dissect it perhaps together afterwards. And Sam, you're still ref- boycotting this, are you? Um, yeah. Well, I didn't so, know that was an option. No, it's not an option. He's very naughty. Yeah, he's he's, he's one of the only option. people who won't join it. Uh, thank you very much uh, all for joining us. That's um, all we've got time for this week. As ever, you can subscribe to the podcast via iTunes or on your Android device. And if you've enjoyed it, do tell a friend. If you haven't, uh, keep it to yourself. You can subscribe to my Red Box morning email briefing at thetimes.co.uk forward slash redbox forward slash sign up. Those of you who already received it would have noticed that on Tuesday morning I was in a slightly strange mood and reimagined the referendum debate as it's being played out. It caught the eye of Martha Carney over at the BBC's World at One. And they very kindly got a couple of actors to voice it. So this week we leave you with how I see the referendum debate is actually being played out. A vote for the other thing will lead to a total collapse in all things, especially a 20% crash in PDG. House prices will slump by a rise of a zillionth percent more than less than forecast. And unemployment could increase by the equivalent of the number of letters in a city the size of Birmingham. Liar, liar, pants on fire. Bananas! Have you seen me talking to this ordinary normal person? Bananas! The wheels on the battle bus go round and round, but I'm the only one on it three days a week. Underpants! The rest of the time it's other people who no one wants to take a photo of. Bananas! June Sarpong, Ian Botham. Your holiday will cost 5,100 pesetas more if you vote for the other. You'll never eat tapas again. Phoning a friend with a French name like Michel or Nigel will be at least septic. 
quintuple more expensive as a result of EU tariffs. You won't be able to watch iFlix while sitting on a Greek toilet. Oh, and war. Lies. Just take Cameron's name. If you change the C to an L and the A to an I and the M to an A and the E to an R, you get liarun, which just about sums him up. Bananas. Graphs. Numbers and graphs, and formulas, charts, and a map. A map showing how many people there are in towns like London and Greater London and the North who might be left for dead. We pay 40 hundred pence and pounds every week to out-of-touch elites, which we could use to pay for everything we can think of, so we can carry on with doctors, nurses, camping and up the Khyber. Actually, we get half of it back. Well, we should take all of it back and then put it on a horse and use the winnings to spend on hospitals and farmers and farmers who end up in hospital as a result of reduced regulations about safety on farms. TV debates. Negotiations are ongoing. Running scared. Let's focus on the wafer-thin arguments and not the wafer-thin personalities. I forbid you from talking to the chap with a pint glass. I'll respond to that in a separate programme in four days. Establishment stitch-up. This is a long-term decision that'll affect people who live longer than people who live for the short term. Immigrants. What? Immigrants. You can't just go round shouting immigrants. Whatever happened to freedom of speech? Actually, large parts of the public sector depend on immigrants. immigrants. Some of my best friends are Bananas. Turkey. Have you ever tried putting a banana in a turkey? It will not gobble-gobble. Be afraid. Project Fear. Be very afraid. There's nothing to fear but fear itself. Is there much more of this? Afraid, afraid so. so. Thank you for downloading. To discover more, head to thetimes.co.uk. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the new Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colours. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24.